Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hit and Hustle from IrishSportsDaily.com. I'm your host, Greg Flamong, and with me, as always, is Jamie Uyama, Mr. Jamie University. It is Tuesday. Let's see. Tuesday, uh, February 13th, and we're going to talk a little bit of recruiting today. We're going to talk about the most uh, important, uncommitted prospects in the Notre Dame class for 2025. Uh, get into those guys. The, the, the board for all positions is starting to become a little bit more clear, so we're going to talk about who the guys in Notre Dame needs to land and uh you know what what's going to make this class um i think it has potential to be maybe the best class in the marcus freeman era maybe not in terms of rankings but in terms of like star power i don't know how the rankings might uh you know shake out at the end it doesn't really matter to me in terms of star power in terms of top end talent i think this could be one of the top classes of the marcus freeman era so we're going to talk about that uh we're talking a little bit super bowl stuff we're going to talk about uh chris o'leary moving on to the to the nfl as a safety coach for the San Diego Chargers, or San Diego Chargers, the LA Chargers, and uh, Mike Mickens, it looks like, is going to be uh, the full-on secondary coach. Talk about him. Notre Dame got a couple of commitments from Owen Strabig over the weekend since we last talked to you guys, and from Elijah Burris, wide receiver, um, Toxico Burris's son. So we're going to talk about that. And so it's going to be an action-packed show. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this channel. Please hit, uh, please hit the like button on this video. Please hit the notification bell so whenever it is, we are going live. Links to the podcast are in the description below if you prefer the audio form of this podcast. Jamie, uh, welcome. Thank you for being here. How did you take in the Super Bowl? Did you have a good time? Uh, what was the scene like at, at uh, Casa de Yama? Uh, I mean, just low-key. Uh, my, uh, my son and my wife were sick for all last week. I mean, guys, don't, don't send your kids to kindergarten. It's just, everyone's going to get sick, but uh, no, they actually caught it from somebody else. We had a friend stay over with us who who gave, uh, who gave illness to my, uh, my wife and my son uh, uh, last week. And then uh, because of that, we were planning to have a big Super Bowl party. We didn't. Um, And then uh, we, uh, uh, just had a kind of a low key affair, but guess what? It was great. Cause my son was in bed by halftime. So, uh, we got to kind of enjoy the second half of the game, which were most of the action came after the second half. And, uh, it was a good time, a good time, uh, had by me and my wife watching the game. And, um, I think all you ask for in a Super Bowl is just for it to be close at the end, I think so I won't have a good time. I'm yeah. looking, I'm looking for some fun. And uh, I think the last game it. of the year, last football yeah. game of the year, you want it. I mean, you know, no, no uh, shots at uh, any of these spring leagues coming up, but like, it's just the last one that really matters. And yeah. we, yeah, you just want it to be close. I thought it was a great game. I I did have a rooting interest in it. Um, so uh, I, I was kind of just going for Casey because when it comes down to that, I just like greatness. And I'm like, Mahomes is great. And I just like to see greatness. And um, it was, uh, I don't know. I mean, I would have been fine if, like, say, the Niners got, like, the stop on fourth down to stop it and end the game yeah. earlier in that drive. But they didn't. And Mahomes, you know, did his thing. And uh, it was great. I, I had a great time. Got a great time. Uh, Rajon is bringing <laughs> Bringing up O'Leary, Chris O'Leary, going to the Chargers. He's, he's got to get the khaki pants. They're all going to be wearing their khaki pants for Jim Harbaugh, who's who's their, who's the LA Chargers coach. <laughs> that's, that's something you got to get on board with, right? It's not the most fun uh, you ever had dressing up 
Uh, he's got to get a new wardrobe. And if you need a new wardrobe, Jamie, that what you can do is head over to esqclothing.com, which is founded by Notre Dame alum Guy Wang. And you've seen ESQ on all your favorite Notre Dame players and coaches. Man, it's, it's tough. It's tough for Chris O'Leary. He's got to go from the ESQ fits to the khaki pants of the LA Chargers. You hate to see that. Uh, ESQ's got over a decade of making the best custom clothing available. They'll help you look and feel your best in 2024 with a, with a perfect fitting suit or sport coat, shirt, or bomber jacket, or perfect tuxedo for wedding season. Check out God's amazing work at ESQclothing.com. Book an appointment to upgrade your wardrobe today. Mention ISD and get 10% off your entire purchase. So uh, head over to ESQ Clothing, guys. You can dress better than Chris O'Leary moving forward. Um, all right, Jamie. Uh, someone brought up the uh, – and this is what I want to talk about, the Super Bowl. Um, where is it? Uh, let's see. All right, Jacob Paulus says, can't believe the 49ers chose to receive first in overtime. Now, this was a big topic on the ISD chat. Right. I want to get your take on it. I have my take and uh, I haven't come off it. But what, what was your take? I, I remember I was talking to Christian about it. I think Matt had a had a had a take in there, but I didn't see yours. Where do you come out on the uh, overtime situation? Yeah, Shanahan blew it. He was should have uh, should have kicked, should have kicked. I like to play defense first. This guy's obviously never watched a college football game in the last uh, whatever many years since they changed the overtime rules. But I mean, it was obvious they didn't know the rules. So I don't, it didn't seem like, you know, they, it's one thing to be like, well, they made the right choice because they were trying to rest the defense. I don't think that's why he made the choice though. Like, I think he made it because he thought like we could end it, you know, like that's what I think the strategy was. It didn't sound like the Niners players had any idea where like the chiefs were like, we talked about this for weeks about, what happens if you get in the two roll? And they then talked about score. it in the preseason. Yeah, and if you yeah. get, you score for two, and that's always like a constant with like the best coach teams. Like, and I'm not saying I mean Shanahan's a, he's gonna get heat for all this. I mean, obviously the guy's a great coach. The guy's been to the Super Bowl. I don't know how many times now, but like, it, you know, but the the de- attention to detail that you you learn from like guys like Belichick, Andy Reid, they they have that attention to detail. So then those guys are ready for it. And they were going to go for two if they had to score and match a touchdown because they were going to try to end it. So I just think it was, I think it was a mistake. I understand how, uh, you know, your defense uh, was tired, but I, I don't really think that's why he did it. I don't think that's why the choice was made. If he came out and said that was the, the, the main reason for it and that was that or whatever but like I just I think it was a mistake and I, I and there's it's just like one of those things no college coach goes in and says we're gonna take the ball first in um overtime right because you just don't because you want to know what you have to get to match or to 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 uh to beat right and um it changes the way you call the game so um because you can, you're going to be a lot more conservative if, if not, right? So, um, it ended up, it ended up costing them. Like, I mean, there are other, obviously, you know, you get an extra point block. There's all these other things, points in the game, and there was, um, you know, things you can point to for both teams. But it was like, uh, both teams, both ways. There's just like things you could say that could have changed the game. 
Um, but when you have like that kind of thing, those small little details, it's like, well, that's why you kind of, you know, you can, it, it's every, like every little, you know, game of inches, all whatever you want to say, like all these little decisions and they lost the game. So it's, it's not a good, it wasn't a good choice. It wasn't a good choice and it wasn't a good result. Um, Jason Smith points out, and I've seen this. Oh, here we go. Um, he he said he's quoted as saying he wanted the ball third because that's a sudden death possession. But like there was never they were never gonna get to that third possession because yeah. like the Chiefs said. And here's the other part is like, look, <clears throat> do whatever do what you want, right? If you want to take it first, I, I don't agree with it. I think that's wrong, right? And and I said it in the chat or in our in our text messages and everything. Um, but like Kansas City, all their players knew exactly what it was going to be. They knew they were going to kick off. They knew if they if the other team scored a touchdown, then they were going to go down and score and go for two. Like they all were on the same page. I think there's a real value to that. Whereas San Francisco players, a couple of them said they learned the rules while they were listening to the ref on the on the or they the, saw the jumbotron. Yeah, they saw the jumbotron. They yeah. were reading the rules like they didn't know what the rules were. Like that's not good. Right, like you should not be in the Super Bowl playing for a championship, and it's like, hey, how is how does overtime actually work anyway? Like, you you should know. It's it's good for everyone to be on the same pages. Period. Right, um, and this is why, like, it goes back to, like, we've talked about this before. I think Mike talked about it on a Power Hour like a couple weeks ago about. You know, people always say like Marcus Freeman, like game management, game, like all of these guys. All of these guys make mistakes like this, where it's like you didn't plan for it or you, you didn't make a good decision. Like they all do. Like they're never – no coach is ever going to be like making the correct decision all the time. Um, and for this one, like I, I just – I don't understand like this – This I want to get the ball third. Here's the, here's the other part too. I thought kicking the field goal was absolutely the wrong decision then too, because it's better. Because so here's the here's the here's the thing. You you want you want to get to a third possession. You're more likely to get a third possession if the game is tied than if you are in the lead because then they don't have four downs, right? Kansas City ended up going for a fourth and one in their own like at the thirty yard line. Yeah, because. They had to. If we don't, we're yeah, going to lose. It's game over. Yeah. Are you going to do that if if the game is tied? No, you'll probably punt. They would have right? punted if they were if they possession first. They would have punted. Right. You're more likely to punt, or you're you're making them go for it anyway because they know the next possession is is a sudden death. Like they have all the advantage on offense to know. Like they can end the game on offense, even if you go down and score a touchdown. They can go down and score a touchdown and go for two, which was their plan. Like they can punt. With the second possession, you can end the game on offense multiple ways. You can kick a field goal if the game is tied. You can score a touchdown if the other team kicked the goal and you win, or you can score a touchdown and go for two. Like that, in in a sense, they were going to make it a sudden death situation. It was more likely than not never getting to that third over or third possession of overtime. So you have to score if you take the ball first, like. Punt a field goal it, to me is almost the worst outcome. It's worse than punting because then at least that like if you go for it there they're at the, like they're inside the ten or whatever it was, you don't get it. Well then they have all that way to go to try to get a field goal, and if they don't, 
it, it's it, they're they're less likely to be as aggressive on like a fourth and four or a fourth and three in their own end, right? I just feel like all the advantage is with the team that gets the ball second. And I also think like the the whole thing if your defense is gassed and it's like that point in the game, it's not like early in the game where it's like, well, we just had a long possession. The defense is gassed. We've got to have like a longer possession to kind of get them back. It's like, well, if they're gassed at this point in the game, like they're gassed. Like it's it's kind of over. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's, they barely yeah, got, it, if they're gassed they're running at this point, fumes. they're gassed yeah. forever. They're, yeah. It's never getting back. Yeah. So and I would I agree. Just, I, I totally agree with that fourth down take too. I think they they especially because they went for it earlier in the game and it was obviously a big thing. They led to a touchdown. Um yeah, it was I but I mean in, in saying that, I also think that the Andy Reid, when there were six seconds left, like I think they should take another shot at the end zone there. Um yeah, think, yeah. You could have done one because they one did more. have a timeout. They did have a timeout, so it's not yeah. like yeah. But it, it also like you don't want to mess around where the quarterback takes an extra second. You know, you don't want to throw it in. like that one. I I I wanted them to just because of the drama of it, but that one that would freak me out if it was like, yeah. hey, we 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 can tie it, we can go to overtime. That would have freaked me out. Pro football is now pro wrestling. What? What? I don't even know what that means. Uh, and someone. I think it's like a script thing. I don't get out. Okay. Get out of here. Just get out. Get <laughs> I, out. I, I just don't. First of all, yes, if it, it was is. scripted or whatever, they never would have called that holding on. Yeah. On the thing. Like, called was, the holding. That, like that was the biggest play of the game. Like that, the holding yeah. never. So uh, yeah. it just is what it is. Like it, 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 it's, it, it just, it would look, it was a good football game and uh, I enjoyed it. It was fun. And uh, it, that's not, I'm not, I'm not a big, script guy that's I'm, yeah. I'm not in conspiracies like that uh all right so moving on uh chris o'leary off to the chargers mike mickens ostensibly. no not agree to disagree sorry with the thing no if you think you're scripted you're crazy get out just well I'm i guess sorry. i guess what i would say is like if the nfl is why what i mean just say it for everything say it Dude. for everything everything's scripted then everything's college scripted. football uh, college football nba and major league baseball olympics soccer it's all yeah, like it's all like, get out of here. So like I, I just I, it's just saying it to, for the sake of saying it, right? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know because it didn't go your way, so it's scripted. So okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Um, okay. That. Moving on. Chris O'Leary, um, off to the Chargers. Mike Mickens going to take over the entire secondary. Uh, you mentioned uh, you mentioned on uh, on Power Hour. Yes, he's taking over the secondary. I want to know who the GA is because that's probably someone who's going to be doing a lot of the coaching of the safeties. So that's a big deal. Uh, Max Bulla is uh, is is going. It looks like is going to be named the linebacker coach. So they're not going to go outside the program to fill uh, the role of Chris O'Leary in terms of numbers on the staff. It's uh, it's it's going to be um, Max Bulla who's elevated from GA. And so it's like, who's the Max Bulla of the secondary is basically what my question is from this. Because um, Max Bulla was, I think, by a lot of accounts, well, not, not all accounts, but for all intents and purposes, was the linebacker coach last year. Yeah. Right. So I want to know who's that's going to be for Notre Dame. So that's kind of the, the, the news that I'm waiting for. Um, like, is just who, who, who the, the rising star is. And I can confirm it's not going to be me. I'm not, I'm not doing that. 
I've got a big role coaching my daughter's three, four grade uh, flag football team. So I'm already gainfully employed on that front. So it's not going to be myself. Thank you for all those inquiring. Um, but it's like, I, I don't, I don't view this as like Mike Mickens. He has a lot more on his plate. I think this is a good way for them to get Mike Mickens more money. I think it's a good way for them to promote him, give him more responsibility and then uh, move on from there. Uh, Jamie, do you have anyone in mind who, who you would want to do that? Uh, do you, have you heard anything? No, I haven't heard anything. I don't have anyone in mind of like, been kind of like, uh, feeling around for it, but haven't, 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 uh, haven't found anyone that I think is like an obvious candidate, uh, yet. Um, but I, I do think that's, it, it is very important to get that right. Um, because, I mean, they've always, they've had people to help with the secretary. It's not like they haven't had GAs helping or whatever or other people. Like, obviously, like, here's a perfect example of Chris O'Leary was the Rovers coach as a GA, you know, yeah. like, that's just something like Nick Lazinski, right? right? It's like, everybody knew him because they were like doing stories on him and stuff too. He was like, you know, very involved with coaching linebackers when, when he was, um, when he was at Notre Dame. Like there's, and, and they Notre Dame's got a really good uh, defensive line GA right now in, in Nick Sebastian, right? There's diff, there's different guys who've, who've helped out and they've always had a ton of guys who've moved on and, and done something. And they've, they've done a really, really great job hiring those positions. Um, someone mentioned like Tom Zibikowski. I mean, that's just one of those like very Notre Dame fan-ish, like let's get somebody that, uh, you know, we're, we know and people, you know, for, obvious reasons if you hear a Notre Dame fan you love Tom Zipikowski for all these reasons but there's no real like connection to the staff or anything like that I don't think he's as far as I know he's been like around the program uh whatever I think he's already maybe he's coaching in the Ivy League right now or something mm. but um I, I like so that doesn't really like um having a guy who's like so far removed from the program like uh JLG uh um, mentioned here dj brown as like a possible grad assistant something like that i'm not saying he is going to be but i'm, I'm just saying someone who is more recently connected to the program would make a lot more sense than, than mm -hmm. someone like tom zipikowski who played you know 20 something years ago whatever right like so um i don't know it's, it's going to be important but this is one thing that i actually was thinking about green and tell me what your, your thoughts on this with with mickens is that now that he's, you know, likely going to be uh, overtaking, uh, you know, taking over the secondary, um, do you think there's going to be more uh, openness to kind of saying like, oh, this guy can maybe flip to safety or this guy, you know, th they're going to move people around a little bit more because I kind of have a feeling like, say, with like Clarence Lewis, for example, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe like they were like, oh, you know, we should maybe move him to safety. But that is the kind of guy that if you're the corners coach, you're like, no, let's keep him here. Because even if you're, even if he's not starting, you're just like, this guy can help here. He can do this, that, whatever. You so I don't know if that is going to be the case, but I wonder if that'll be the case with some of these other young corners, especially because you look at it like there's a lot of competition right now. Guys want to play maybe some of these guys might be the best DBs, you know, if you're just, just straight up taking like the top five DBs, 
you could argue that like, you know, you know, or to say top six DBs yeah. that fold in the corners or whatever, right? So yeah. if that's the case, should you maybe develop one of those guys to be like the third safety or something or get into the mix to be the third safety this year. So then they're ready for like 2025, all those kind of things. That, that's the kind of stuff that I've been thinking with my, in my head about like making possibly, uh, you know, possibly doing that. What, what do you think? I think it's possible. Like it might be the other way, I guess. Well, maybe, maybe it wouldn't, maybe it wouldn't have come up. Right. So like, like Mickens is thinking like, I, this is how I can use Clarence like is, as my nickel guy. Right. Or like, he he's he's very he's very like locked in on like I want to use him for my situation. I mean, I'm kind of agreeing with you on that. The other part is like O'Leary might be like, hey, like I don't need I don't need someone to come like I want to develop a Don Schuler, right? And I yeah. want to develop Luke Tollich, right? So like it, it almost might be a thing where it's like O'Leary isn't reaching out to Mickens and being like, yeah. hey give me this guy give me this guy yeah 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 mickens isn't gonna volunteer but now that he's on the whole thing like now mickens will look at the whole secondary holistically and trying to fit in whereas before it was like hey these are your safeties these are my corners you know you can take them if you want but like i'm not really trying to get rid of him now you look at it a little bit different so i think that's a good point when you have one guy thinking about the entire secondary maybe he's not coaching all of them but it's like He's looking at the whole unit as like a, as, 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 as I guess a unit that needs to work together rather than just, I'm developing my corners as, as a you know, boundary field and nickel. Uh, so that's a good point. I, I think, I think there might be more openness to that. Um, you know, and look, it might help someone like, uh, you know, that they, they had like, like last year, Thomas Harper was going from nickel. He played a little bit of safety, right? So like, would, 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 would it make it more likely then like, what does that mean for Rod Hurd, right? Like, what does that mean for him? Like, maybe there will be some nickel in his future. We don't think so, but maybe maybe this makes that a little bit more likely. So it'll be interesting to see. Like, that'll be interesting to track, like, in the spring. You know, who's playing where? Is, is anyone moving around, um, getting more reps at a certain spot? So that we'll monitor that. That's a good question, Jamie. That's a good job by you on that um, one. Just one other thing that I just wanted to just – I think the big thing to to for Notre Dame fans to look at this is this is basically them not going to directly hire uh, a safeties coach. Um, it's partially a being uh, it's like a okay Mickens you can do it and and we're gonna get you know someone to help and obviously Golden will get in there and help too. That's partially it. But I do think the big thing to take away from it is this is they don't want to lose Max Bulla. Like yeah. they really want to keep Max Bulla. Um and that's really the way to look at it. And by everything I've heard, I, I'm like this is someone they don't want to there's very valid reasons why they don't want to lose him. Like he's a very good coach and um I like in a, a very like a much a rising star. Uh so I think you know that's something that um to keep in mind with with all of this is as people are kind of looking at it and it's like like kind of like the greater good of the staff and like the future. It, it's like that's probably the main motivation for the move. Yeah. And I think like there was some debate for us is like on the ISD staff, just like how good of a coach is O'Leary, right? 
And I, I think I'm kind of like where you were on this. Like, he's fine, right? He's not. He, he, I mean, someone won in the NFL, right? Now, granted, he he knew he knew uh, Minter already, so like that helps, right? That's how people get jobs, right? So that's not no knock on him. That's not anything. That's how people, in not just in in football, but in the world, right? Like, if you know someone, someone like, oh, I, I I'm getting this job, or I'm doing this. Why don't you? I know I have a guy who would be good for this role, right? Um, but I think that the value of the defense is and the defensive structure is why we're seeing you know the the enhanced safety play right that I, I think because they're they're asking so much of the safeties and they're putting them in such good positions now granted you have to teach them right it's not like it's not like Chris O'Leary's over there twiddling his thumbs or whoever right like but it's not that you have to do this like great amount of development for these guys it's like the defensive structure you get the right types of athletes in the positions and then they can make those plays right now look it doesn't mean everyone's going to be xavier watts doesn't mean that what i'm just saying like the way the defense is designed these guys are going to be put in good positions you need a a coach that's going to they, they they know how to play in the defense they know their roles they know the schemes they know all the calls and that sort of thing um but that doesn't take you know you don't got to be the greatest coach ever to get guys on the same page and get them in the, in the playbook. Right. Like you just have to, you have to do a good job, but you don't have to be the greatest thing. And that's why to me, it's like, if it's a GA, that's fine. Right. Cause you still have Mickens and you still have um, Al Golden who can help out there. Right. He's kind of freed up. If he needs to help out the safeties a little bit, he's not really on the linebackers as much because that's now a Max Bola thing. So he can help out there as well. So I think safety is going to be fine. Not worried about that. Um, okay, uh, a couple of recruits, uh, Owen Strabeck, uh, committed, I believe it was the ninth. Do I have that right? Or the eighth? Uh, eighth, yeah, the eighth. He, he committed to Notre Dame offensive lineman. Uh, you talked about this on Power Hour, Jamie, a little bit yesterday. Uh, nice pickup for Notre Dame, has some position flexibility, doesn't have to play just tackle, he can play inside as well. Um, how do you think he fits into uh, the, the entire? Uh, the class, where it looks like Notre Dame is going? Well, obviously, Will Black, they already have in the class too, right? And yeah. he's another tackle um, who I think will for sure play tackle. Um, yeah. So they have those two. And now it's, you know, it's looking like they're probably going to end up with just three, maybe possibly four. Um, but we'll see, you know, where they're at. Obviously, they got a lot of bodies there. So it's not like mm-hmm. they absolutely need four, but I think. They could take four because the four that they take would be good. Um, and right now it looks like um, uh, Matt Augustine would be the, uh, the the favorite to be like the next guy in the class. And he's another um, guy that I, I see as a tackle too. So I think Strebig being a guy who could play inside or out is uh, important. Um, I think that's uh, important in the class. And then I think if you look at like, where they were at in the last class i or just overall just i think if you look at not with just the last class but just where they're at um period they need more tackles they needed more like they didn't have enough guys because if you're looking at kind of where they're at depth chart wise it's like there's a reason why um you know with tosh baker they're like he hasn't played but they're like yeah we we want to keep him you know, because normally that's a guy that you would think like, well, he has he hasn't really started. Um, 
you know, as at least not been other than when he was forced in as, as a uh, injury replacement, like he hasn't been a starter for four years. Nine, 99 times out of hundred, that guy is a guy who goes as a grad transfer somewhere else because he, he if he wants to still play, right? Like, yeah. because, um, you know, they already have like the next guys in line, but they didn't have the next guys in line. Cause even if you look at like Charles, uh, Jagusa, like he's someone who, um, you know, was taking reps at guard in, 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 um, in, uh, the, the summer, right. In the summer and the fall. So they really aren't in like a great spot at tackle, like right now on the roster in terms of like where everyone's at and they just need as they, they need more, you need more guys. You can't have, you can't be in a situation where all of a sudden it's like, man, we're just like in a, in a, in a really, really bad spot. Like kind of like where they were in 2021 really. Right. right yeah. Where, um, you know, Blake Fisher ends up starting as a, a freshman and it's not that he wasn't good enough to start or whatever, but you just never, Notre Dame was never in that position before where they had to get a guy like that or where Joe Alt had to be the guy to kind of like win the job halfway through the year because of, their, their struggles, right? Or even the fact that Josh Lug had to play tackle when he was a better guard, right? Like, so that's just kind of where, you know, they're they're at where they're kind of playing catch up at the tackle position and you can't get those guys in the portal. You can't get tackles in the portal, at least good ones. You know, there's maybe like three every year that you're ever going to get that are like going to be good. And most of those guys are like young guys that are like, um, the Caden Proctor types or whatever that like, you know, yeah, you might take a shot at him, but he's only going to choose one place. Right. So it's, yeah. it's, it's going to be hard to get him. So I think what they're doing right now, and just based on kind of what I've watched in the class too, I think that, um, you know, it's a strong class, a strong class of tackle. Like I think they're doing the right thing with, with the approach there. And, and street big is, is a good piece of that. Yeah. And so you said, Augustine, um, Rajon's talking about, uh, Lang, <laughs> Uh, some kind of situation there. And I, and I would say it's like really not a good year for there to be a, a situation at, at tackle just because there are so many good options, right? It's a good class uh, in 2025. Like last year, maybe you could, maybe it's a little bit different, but this year it's tough. Uh, you could lose your spot there. So that'll be something to monitor as well. Said Augustine might be next in line. And so we'll, we'll check that out. Um, over the weekend, I uh, Elijah Burris commits to Notre Dame. Uh, I liked it. We, 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 we got a message, uh, like you're just gonna, I'm just gonna announce it. I'm not gonna, there's no graphic. There's no big thing. I'm just gonna post it and that's it. Uh, so that's kind of a, I don't know, fun little thing about him. Uh, but he's, he's, he's a good football player. Uh, you talked about him a lot. Like he's really good, uh, three cone drill or three cone time. It would have been elite, uh, in the last, uh, NFL combine time. So that's, that's good on him. Uh, I'm interested to get your take on this. So he doesn't have the, like the physical readiness of someone like Rico Flores. Okay. But But, yeah, I think he's, I think he's a better player. Like I, 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 like if, if you told, if, if you were to tell me like, Hey, Rico and Burris both met their potential, I'm taking Burris. Like I, I just think he's a better uh, wide receiver. He's a better route runner. He's more sudden that way. I think he's more um, sudden. Is that's yeah, the thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's more sudden. He he's very good in it, at like working in zones. Um, he just got good knowledge of of the position, which 
you know, not surprising, right? Your father's a former NFL wide receiver. You're going to have some nuance there. Uh, but I'm going to throw, I'm going to show some highlights here and t- tell us about uh, Elijah Burstein. Yeah. So he doesn't have like a crazy offer list or anything like that, but here, right. here's him like just, you know, obviously nice, nice little move, make a guy missing space, competitive speed to run away from somebody. Always, always love to see that. Yeah. Um, this is one of these ones where it's like the ball's even thrown his way, but the route is so filthy that you just put it on. Yeah, like it just, yeah, <laughs> has no idea. Um, he's got good ball skills. Um, I, I would say no chance Rico returns for any first no. people asking. No. Um, yeah, this is obviously this one. You don't even really see it from that angle, but you can see how he sets up that fade there. Yeah. And that's really the thing with me is he has like this nuance. Like you said, he's obviously the son of Blacksco Burris. He has like nuance to his game in terms of um, knowing how to like set up corners or, or, you know, set up who's covering him. Right. Or even just like to be able to set up where he's going to like sit in a zone and stuff. And, and um, I think it's just, it's, it's funny because this is, I, I think this is just a brilliant route right here. Like, I just, I just love this right here. Um, but, and, and also too, you want to see a guy catch a ball in traffic like that. Always, always a good thing. Um, I think he's a guy who can play slot. He can play outside. Um, he's 170 pounds. He needs to get a lot stronger. Right. Like, and if you watch stuff like this kind of thing too, he never breaks. He's not a tackle breaker. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, and some guys never are. Right. And, that, and that's fine. But you, you gotta be, he's gotta get stronger. Like you can see some stuff with him too, even with like him. And it's not just the highlights, but some of the other stuff, like some other stuff that I've watched and some cut-ups of him. It's like, he's getting pressed and it's like, or and he's having trouble fighting through contact. And let's just face it. When you get to like Notre Dame against like Notre Dame's corners of practice, you can get bodied, right? You're going to get right. bodied up and like, you gotta be able to fight through it. And if you can't, like you better have a filthy release at the beginning or else it's over. Right. So, and he needs that part of, of his game. And that's a, but that is something that can easily happen over time. Like that's, you know, which is why I'm like bullish on his ceiling and what he becomes. And that's why I kind of mentioned like the TJ Jones thing, because I mean, and obviously TJ Jones was higher ranked than him or whatever, but I'm just saying like the kind of player that he could end up being later on um, just very similar traits wise, just like a skinny guy who can make people miss really good. they just smart football player, good understanding of routes, good hands, but like a suddenness, a suddenness to his game um, that I think, and, and I was watching too. And I was thinking, I was like, Oh, this is Rico Flores, but he has more to him. We're like, Rico Flores, I think, is, uh, don't get me wrong, Rico Flores is going to get better in college. It's not like that he's going to hit his ceiling, but he doesn't have that much room to get better. Like, it's not because he's never going to be that great of an athlete. You know, he's just, yeah. just, I, I, at least I don't see it with him. I haven't seen it with him. Where even though I could say like Jane Greathouse, I'm like, oh, this guy, as he like physically develops into his body, you're going to see more from that. Where like, Rico, to me, I'm like, I don't know how much bigger this guy's going to get. I don't know, whatever. Or like Burris, I think I think he's going to get bigger. I think he's going to get stronger. And obviously, he's going to keep advancing the, the stuff that he's already good at. So um, 
I'm ex I'm I actually I was pleasantly surprised and I'm very surprised that he wasn't like this big guy like his dad that he wasn't like built like Micah Jones or something like that yeah. you know um but then when I watched him too I was like oh I like I liked him and um yeah I think he's got a chance to be uh you know really good in in, in a few years yeah and and I I think you know, when you have a guy who is sudden like this and twitchy like that, like in and out of breaks, it's like you don't know what added strength and added weight, weight room strength, especially like you're doing explosiveness drills, putting on pounds. You don't know what that'll do for someone's long speed, right? And I'm not saying like Will Fuller is like very much an outlier example of this. I've never really seen that, to be honest. But there could, there is a little bit there to be gained. It was like a little bit more long speed, a little bit more acceleration you can get with added strength. Right, Will Fuller, like that, I've never seen that where it's like, oh yeah, he's he's a good athlete. And then you put him out there against Rice, and it's like, this is the fastest player I think I've seen since Rocket. You know, like yeah. they could just fly. You know, so that's not going to happen. But um, it is, it is something that you know. I will he, say there's been a lot of guys. There, there's been a lot of guys for Notre Dame that have like really been like way faster, like gotten much faster at yeah. you know from the time that they tested to the time they are at Notre Dame. So, I mean, part of that is like just some of those guys aren't you know maybe didn't train to 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 run the forty like some of these other guys, right? Yeah. Um, or, or aren't track guys. Right. So that's some of it, but, um, yeah, I don't know. There is something there. I think, I mean, Chris Mitchell is an example of that where yeah. he is faster than, you know, cause, uh, I don't, I don't know. We talked about it with, with Goolsby too, about his, um, you know, hundred times and what that translates to. But I think there's a big difference when a guy's like 140 pounds and he runs it. And now he's yeah. like, you know, 180 something, right? Like it's, right. it, it changes the dynamic. It, 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 yeah, it can, it definitely, um, you know, it can definitely like, again, added strength on, on strength on leanness. Right. Cause then the body doesn't get all stiff. Like, like Chris Tyree, he was really fast. He had a good, uh, he had a good, um, you know, good acceleration and everything as, as a high school player. But I think as he got to Notre Dame, he wanted to put on weight cause I wanted to be a running back. I think he lost some a little bit because yeah. he got he got too uh, stiff, right? He got a little bit too, like a little bit too muscular, right? And bulk like that can hurt your acceleration. Not so much with a lean player, right? You put on muscle there, you still have the flexibility, you still have that that like kind of malleability within your muscles that you can you can actually accelerate. Tyron Williams got a little bit too big, too quick, and then went went back down. And he went he went back down exactly, right? So you you got you got to watch that stuff, right? The enhancements have to be, um, you know, they, they, they have to be done in, in the right way, right? Um, and the way that you can enhance your 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 social media page, your small business, uh, or any your highlight tape, or anything like that, done in the right way, is going to vsrmediacompany.com, which is founded by Notre Dame football pregame host and Emmy Award-winning anchor Vahid Sadrazade. VSR Media provides professional and cinematic video and photo whether you're looking for collegiate or pro-level highlight reel, have a personal story to tell, or are aiming to diversify and grow your business, VSR Media specializes in short and long-form video storytelling, social media management, and website design. VSR Media also captures professional headshots, senior, and sports photos. 
Contact them at vsrmediacompany.com. Mention Iris Sports Daily to receive 20% off your first project. Visit them online or give them a call at 574-800-9106. All right, let's get into our top uncommitted prospects for 2025. Everyone knows where I'm going with this, right? Dallas Golden, get him in fold. Great football player. And throw up the highlights one more time just because I like to watch him. Uh, play him on offense. Play him on defense. I, here's the thing. Part of this is a bit, and part of this is – I'm going to be, like, sincere for a second. You want guys – and this is like a Kyron Williams type of kind of guy where it's like wherever he plays on the field, it looks like he's a natural at it. And I'm not kidding. Like, you could play him on offense. I, re- I really do think that. Um, if you had a spot there, you could play him at safety. I know, Jamie, you love him at safety. You could play him at corner. You could play him at nickel. Um, you could have him return punts, right? Now, they'll probably have someone else to do it, but he is that type of athlete to where you put him in space. Here they've got him in, in the in the wildcat. He's a goal line guy, and he gets through. He breaks through, and he breaks a long one, right? He gets an explosive when they're in goal line. He has a couple of situations like that where he's doing that. They got him an outside receiver. They've got him at running back. They've got him in the slot, right? They're running screens with him. They do so many things with him to take take advantage of his skill set. This is what you need in your program. Always want to get a player like this. And uh, Notre Dame has a chance to. You know, we think they have a good chance to do it, but they do need to land him, right? They, they do need to close the deal on Dallas Golden, but I think he's a, he's a tremendous player. Got to get him in fold uh, in 2025. Let's say, Eugene. I mean, he was on my list as well. So, I, I mean, I, this isn't just a Greg Homer pick as whatever, yeah. right? Or like this, I mean, and, and it's not a, a bit. He is really that good. And I love that um, that Kyron Williams mentioned that you had too, because it reminds me of, um, I was watching this clip recently when they're talking about Lawrence Taylor, uh, who obviously is one of the greatest, you know, maybe the best defensive player that ever played the game. And... Uh, one of the best pure football players ever. And, you know, they'll, you know, Bill Belichick has freely talked about, you, he could have played pretty much any position other than corner on defense. And he could have been like an all pro. Like that's how he said, that's how good he was. And yeah. they're like, he might've been able to play corner too. <laughs> Is that, that was like the kind of the finish. And I mean, I don't, I'm not, I'm not putting Dallas Golden there, but I just mean that uh, with Kyron Williams, uh, you know, like, with uh, Lawrence Taylor, they put him as a gunner on yeah. um, the punt team. And like people remember, like Kyle Hamilton would line up as yeah. a, a, a gunner. And Kyron Williams, you could have easily put him as a gunner, you know? And yeah. he would have been a guy that if I was punting to try to punting a, a ball to try to win the game, I would be like, okay, Kyron, you're or you're out here, personal protector. You're getting it. Yeah. Just like that's the kind of thing that you look for where you're like, well, this guy's just a baller. He's going to go, um, uh, you know, when you need him, you want him on the field. And I think he's kind of fits into that category of like this guy. It's yes, he has a high ceiling, but it's just also just like an incredibly high floor. Like he's going to be just a good football player. Right. So. All right. Who you got? Um, I'm going to say, you know, I'm, I'm going to go receiver here and. Oh. There's a lot of different receivers that you could say, because obviously, um, you know, they need uh, a decent amount there. And I think they really need to hit on a lot of them. 
but I'm going to say Derek Meadows. And the reason why I'm going to say Derek Meadows, even though I would say he has the most approved out of everyone. I know he just had like a great, like, uh, you know, seven on uh circuit down, down in Miami where he like kind of impressed everybody and he got like a bunch of offers and he looks great and that's awesome. And I've seen him in person. He is like a super impressive athlete in yeah. person. He is huge and long and just fast and just has those kind of like long strides that he just eats up ground. And really too, it's like, I, I wouldn't put his ranking like he's not a guy right now who's a top 50 guy, but he could end up as a, like a top 50 type guy. It could end up being a first round pick later on because of that potential and that athletic potential and what you're kind of, you, you see from him. And to me, it's like one of those things where it's like Tobias Merriweather who, I mean, obviously it didn't work out at Notre Dame, but he showed enough in the games in Notre Dame to be like, this is why you want players like that. Because right. you're like, there's just so few guys that are like that tall, that whatever, that can run like that and can just cook guys. And Meadows has that same, you know, it's it's a, he's in that same mold as an athlete, right? And you just want more athletes like that, except for you just want them to be Justin Ross and T. Higgins and not obviously Tobias Merriweather, right? So, I think that's the kind of thing when, when you're looking at it, you know, those are the kind of guys that you have to, other teams have to game plan for. And it's like, we need to have someone over the top all the time on this guy, because if, if we don't, if it's one-on-one it's over. And plus I'm thinking about all these things with like Mike Denbrock and him, like getting guys in the matchups and all these kind of things. And I just really think um, potential wise, and obviously it's got to be developed and he's not a guy that I would expect to uh, kind of ball out right away, but down the line, I think he probably has as high a ceiling as anyone, any of the receivers they targeted, probably the most uh, high ceiling out of anyone they've targeted. Yeah. And like, they've had the, the like, it's almost like they've gone away from, like the Miles Boykin, Chase Claypool, the kind of receiver type, maybe not on purpose, but like they're, you know, Jane Greyhouse is a big guy, but not like big guy, you know, uh, Micah Gilbert, big guy, like all kind of in the the Jaden Thomas kind of thing. Uh, Derek Meadows is different, right? Like six four, two hundred, like he can really like that. That's a physical specimen, kind of like Chase was, yeah. right? Like, and he can Brown, similar, I would say. EQ yeah. was tall, but he was like that, that thin, right? Like he, he was more, he was in the Tobias thing, right? So those were like, those weren't like physical guys, right? Notre Dame, like Derek Mills, a physical guy, right? Like, the, and that's what it's like. They, they went away from it because it's like we need a little more speed, but now it's like, well, you do want to get it back. And there's a reason that it's so coveted. It's because it's very difficult. Right? Like, it's very difficult to guard those guys. It's very difficult. To, uh, to stop them. It's very difficult to game plan against, like you said. Like, if they're really cooking, like, it's a problem that you have to deal with with numbers defensively. So I think that's a good call, especially with, like, like Elijah Burris, right? Slight. Not, not a big guy, right? So, uh, like, Jerome Bettis Jr., even if they were to get him, like, slight, right? 
a lot of the other guys they're looking at in this class. Like they're, they're they have good size, great size. Derek Merrill's has great size, so there's there's something to be said for that. Uh, someone made a comment that I went to the to the back end. Of course I did. Of course it is safety, but but I'm going D line now to Jamie's spot. Damian Shanklin. He's local, right? Indiana guy. Got to get him. You lose you lose CJ May, right? Who's 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 an end. You got you you want to get Shanklin in there. You got to throw everything at him. I love getting Indiana guys. I love his athletic ability. He's got he's got a lot of that uh, the, the bend, Jamie. He's got he's got the moves. He's got the, the the versatility there. I like his twitch. I like his his uh, his attitude when he plays. It just seems like he plays with a lot of fire. You like that? You you got you got to have the pass rushers. We talk about this all the time. You got to get players who can get after the quarterback as much as anything else, right? And so those are the guys you want. Notre Dame's got to land him. If they don't, then it's like – then losing CJ May becomes like kind of a bigger deal. Right? Um, yeah. So I think to me, you get you got to land him. You got to get him in full. I I, um, I mean, he was on my list too. And then I think that um, – I would say even if they had CJ May in the class, he is – I would have put him as a must-get too just yeah. because he's different. I think he's twitchier. I think he's more violent. I think – um, love the motor. Like I just, um, I really, really like them. And I think, uh, yeah, I, I mean, for all the reasons that you mentioned. Yeah. Who you got? Um, okay. So I'm going to go defensive tackle. And I, I really think that um, they need somebody that is going to be uh, disruptive. Um, that has, you know, could kind of play, it could be a three tech, maybe play nose, whatever. But I, I think he's more of a three tech. And and because I look at Davion Dixon and I see him as a pure nose, and I look at Sean Saviano and I see him as a pure nose. And um, like, could they those guys play a little bit? But they're not true three tech guys. And I think Ethan Utley, who was kind of a recent offer, but a guy they really really like. He's a basketball player, really good length, big time first step. He's got an edge to his game. Um, elite snap anticipation like a guy who just does just awesome off the ball um i look at someone so uh tj Lindsay from the previous class this guy's a better version of tj Lindsay, in my opinion um so right now too there's not a ton of guys there that i would say i mean there's some guys that i think could kind of fit into that mold too that i think are for but out of the guys that i think are for sure um, you know, uh, defensive tackle types that they're really in on. And, uh, you know, and I know Christian mentioned him as a guy that they really, really uh, want. Um, so Ethan Utley is, is, is there for me. I just think just getting that kind of disruptive guy in there. Um, you know, I like, I'm excited to kind of see where some of these young defensive tackles, how they develop, but I think this guy is got a chance to be really, really good. And it's, it's like they have a lot of young bodies, but I'm always worried that they're always like, oh, we don't want to be too crowded. It's like, no, just keep stacking them and get another guy in there. And I think he's a really good one. Yeah. Um, Jacob Paulus brings up Mark Zachary. Um, he's a, he's important. So he's from Ben Davis High School. He's a corner. Uh, and it looks like Notre Dame's going to – they're in a good spot for him. Um, it, it's kind of like – they're they're in a good spot for him. so I, he's not on my list. 
Okay, but he he kind of is a must get, but he like he's just not on my list. I, I don't think he's as good as this guy who I'm gonna say, and, and that's Devin Williams, right? I'm going to the back end again. Here's why it's a big deal for to get Devin Williams. He's a Georgia guy, everyone wants. He's interested in Notre Dame, like he really is, right? And this would be just some of the most tremendous recruiting because he's he's into it. Everyone wants him in the South. I think this guy is just awesome. Awesome. In the, like to me, it's like I, I see Dallas Golden and I think, okay, I want him all over the field. Devin Williams to me is like corner. Go play corner. Don't give up any cap. OJ McDuffie. Perfect example. Speaking of the Super Bowl, like I think he is that type of guy. And and I just or Trent McDuffie. Trent McDuffie. Trent McDuffie. Sorry about that. OJ McDuffie was the, the Penn State. That's a receiver from Jesus. hey, really. That's a really good call. Yeah. There, God, that's not good. That's not good job by me. Uh, great possession receiver. Great possession receiver. <laughs> Kerry Collins. Kerry Collins forever. Okay, so uh, that's terrible. That's so bad. Um, but I just think he's he's that kind of guy, and you can see how important he is. I, I, he's just he's got great acceleration. He's got great ball skills. Great in man. Great playing off. Uh, savvy player, great clips on offense, like elite acceleration. Uh, I just think uh, it, it's just like Devin Williams, man. Get him in the class. I mean, this is this is where it happens. Like, I, I, and I don't. I, this isn't anything that gets Mark Zachary. I have nothing against. He's a great player. Okay, he's a very very good player. I think Devin Williams is a step above. This is what like we talk about. Like, whoa, who do they need to land in order to take the next step? Like, it's Devin Williams. Like, guys like that, you got to get him in the class. Um. I, I mean, I promised Greg and I didn't consult about this list beforehand, but he was on my list too. Cause I just, I, and, and I would agree too, like Zachary, I mean, I would say he, you could easily put him on the list. It's he's a very good prospect. He's very, very good. Um, but I mean, I think for all the reasons Greg listed, I would lean towards, um, you know, uh, Williams there. And, um, yeah, and I just think he's – it. also, too, I just – there is something about, like, it's not all of a sudden um, – this always happens with, with not Notre Dame fans, but just college football fans in general. You land one guy at a, at, at a school like that, and all of a sudden it's like, well, we got to get a pipeline going into Buford now. And I don't think that's going to happen for Notre Dame, but – you can't land the next guy at Buford if you don't land the first guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, I, I mean, what are we talking about? Omar Hunter is the last guy who they didn't obviously right. land, whatever. Right. That's probably the last guy, right? So it's like they just – you got to get in there and because the more you do and the more success you have with that, it helps you get the next people. And it doesn't even have to be at Buford, but just guys, guys that go to those kind of schools that typically go to Georgia, Alabama – Florida, whatever, those are important guys to get. Yeah. All right. Last one, Jamie. Go. Yeah. So uh for me, it was uh Nathaniel Owusu Boateng. And um I could say there's a lot of really good line. I really like the linebackers in this class that Notre Dame is after. Um, I just think, you know, we kind of talked about that kind of like the chess piece, kind of, you know, that guy that can uh be that X factor type guy that, you know every defensive coordinator wants you can move around he can do multiple jobs at a, at a very high level 
And he has that kind of potential. He has that kind of potential. And I think it's always just a good thing when you've got like um, a guy who went to your school, his older brother was a Buckus winner, and then you get the, his younger brother or whatever. Like, that's always a good thing. Um, and and he, it's obviously not just the name with him. He is really, really, really talented. Um, and I think he's just a, a special talent in terms of what he can do in space. And um, I'm just, I, I think he would just be, and, and he's another guy too. He's a, goes to IMG and Notre Dame. It's like, who's the last guy they, they landed from IMG, right? It's, it was like Hainsey and yeah, uh, Tony Jones, yeah. right? It's been a while. And if you look at some of the guys who've been in at IMG, they're loaded every year, every year. And, um, and it's not going to, it's not going to start a pipeline there, but you just want to get more guys that um, are, you know, that go there because they, it, it does say something about when you land those guys, because they do have so many guys that are like, you know, I, what do they have? Like, probably like, they probably have like 10 guys in the top 200 you know, just from IMG, yeah. right? And, like, so it, it, chances are if you're landing some from IMG, it's a pretty darn good football player, right? So um, I think it's important. And the one thing I'll say, too, is, like, and I don't really, like, you know, the, the rankings, whatever, and also it's, like, things change, all these different things, too. But just for fun, I put in all the guys that were on the list that I put them into, uh, you know, 24-7's class calculator, Good feature mm. by them to, to have that on there. Yeah. Right? And added that to um, Notre Dame's current class right now. And if you added that into there, that would be just these guys. And obviously they're going to land more than these guys because that would be 21 total. And I think you're going to yeah. land more than 21. But if you just landed this group, that would be a higher ranked class team total than, it, than the previous, than any of the Marcus Freeman classes. And would be higher than any uh, Brian Kelly class except for that 2013 class, and it's like right on the cusp there. So yeah, you could say with a couple more guys like a Zachary, whatever, like you know those guys that would take them up above it. So um, you know that to me is like kind of exactly what you want to have. You know, you want to have it where not only are you landing these guys who are like big time prospects or whatever, but it's, there is something to, uh, you know, guys, want, guys want to play with other great players. Yeah. And, and the rankings, they don't matter or whatever, but in terms of attracting other, other people, these other kids, they do look at the rankings and they look at like, Oh, this guy, like, yeah, I want to play with this guy. He's like a five star. Or this guy's, you know, this thing, it's like, cause it's one thing to be like, it's why you never see a guy who's like a three-star quarterback who's trying to recruit the whole class. That guy's never like a Pied Piper because right. people aren't, aren't hyped with him. Even if that guy turns out to be great, it's just not a kind of thing where, cause people are like, Oh, this guy didn't go to the elite 11. He didn't do this, whatever. Th those kind of things do matter in terms of yeah. like players recruiting other players. So I think it's, I think it is kind of important. Yeah. And like you mentioned, IMG, uh, we mentioned Buford before, like there's a bandwagon effect, you know, it's like, Oh, he went to Notre Dame. Okay. Like people go to Notre Dame from here. 
right? And it's, you know, on both schools, right? Like they're, that, that's kind of how these things kind of can build uh, within a program. Uh, CFP Hurts makes a good point. Got actually, you got to land him, right? Yes. Oh, talking yeah. about hopes and dreams. Got to land him. We do it not just with the 23 class. We do it with every class, right? But you got to close. Um, and a lot of these guys, like, look, I, we think there are legitimate shots, right? Like, I, I there are some people who didn't just throw them out there just for the heck of it. Like, we think they've got a legit shot. Oh, I didn't put – we didn't list anybody that isn't an actual, like, legitimate target. Yeah. Like, yeah. That some hasn't of them been on – yeah. yeah, because yeah. it's 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 one thing to uh, it's it's one thing to put guys that are like oh um, these are the guys that everybody kind of dreams of. It's just like saying like, well, man, I wish we could land uh, um, uh, not Caleb down. I, I don't know. I'm trying to whatever I'm, names are escaping me right now. But just guys that are like yeah, just those guys that are like up and above that you know, Notre Dame really doesn't have a shot at. And it's like, well, no. So say like Evan Stewart, who went to Texas A&M, who Notre Dame offered, but he never showed any interest in Notre Dame. Like, like that kind of guy, not him, just other guys, you know, that kind of like would um, actually have real interest that Notre Dame might even be leading for. Cause I think Notre Dame, you know, is, I mean, Right now, I'd say they probably lead for at least a few of those guys. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, like you said, got to land them, got to be able to sign them, keep them in the class, got to retain them, all these kind of things. Yes, got to check all those boxes. Um, but that's kind of what it's about. That's, you know, if you're not shooting for those kind of things, then it's like, what are you doing? You know, that's that's exactly what you got to do. Right. So in a good position there. Uh, we're going to end it there. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, please subscribe to this channel. Please hit the like button. Please hit the notification bell. So whenever it is, we are going live. Links to the podcast are going to be in the description below. We'll be back on Thursday talking more Notre Dame football. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in one more time. Talk to you soon. Have a good rest of your day, and keep hitting and hustling.